Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. To say that the world population is dealing with a boatload of stress these days would be a gross understatement. The COVID-19 pandemic is invasive, unrelenting, and scary, all of which can contribute to the anxiety levels of people everywhere. Today, via Skype, Dr. Tim Jennings offers us five effective steps for dealing with our stress while boosting our immune system and dulling COVID's potential. Dr. Jennings, what do we need to know? We're going to go through five steps that we can use that will help not only reduce our stress, but improve our immunity and reduce our risk of infections, including viral infections. And so number one, stay socially connected while you're socially distancing. Hmm. Studies have shown comparing lonely people and isolated people from socially connected people found that gene expression in 209 genes were expressed differently Specifically, genes that increased inflammation were turned on and genes that had an antiviral role were turned off in the socially isolated lonely group as compared to the socially connected group. And so during this time that we do need to socially distance to reduce our risk of infection and or sharing an infection with other people, we still want to stay socially connected. And how do we stay socially connected while we're socially distancing? Well, of course, within the home, the people we are living in the immediate family in the house with, we can stay connected with them. We can do activities with them, uh, maybe even more activities than we typically do because we're not going to work. They're not going to school. So maybe we play more uh, board games or or have more just meals around the table and, and converse and talk and, and share and allow people to express their fears and concerns. We also, in this day and age, have technologies. The other day, my wife and I FaceTime with our grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Uh, Normally, we go and visit our grandchildren who live in the city, but right now we're socially distancing. So we FaceTime with them and people can Skype or use the telephone. So staying connected does not have to necessarily mean that we are in the same room with some of the people we need to distance from potentially creating online groups or joining online groups or online discussions or online Bible studies for discussion, encouragement, talking through one's fears, experiencing yourself as part of a community even while you're socially distancing. All right, very good. Number two? Get eight hours of sleep each night. Hmm. Multiple studies have demonstrated that sleep is essential for our immune function. Those who sleep less than eight hours a night have immune systems that are less responsive to infections, while those who sleep eight hours each night make antibodies more effectively and are able to fight infections more readily. Uh, This is one factor as to why some people get a better response to a vaccine than other people. They specifically looked at this in groups of people they give the vaccine a vaccine to. They evaluate their sleep in the aftermath of receiving the vaccine as those who sleep eight hours a night have a robust antibody response where those who don't sleep eight hours a night have a very sluggish and sometimes inadequate antibody response from the vaccine. So they're not as capable of fighting infections. 
And this is something they can do at home. Their immune system will be more capable of fighting an infection if they're getting eight hours of sleep at night. Now, the um, CDC actually reports that 32% of Americans sleep less than seven hours a night. About 20% of Americans sleep less than six hours a night. So this is quite profound. And things that we can do to improve our sleep, we can eliminate things that interfere with sleep, stimulants of any kind. If we have sleep trouble, eliminate caffeine from our diets. We can not use alcohol as a sleep aid because alcohol actually interferes with normal sleep and actually reduces total sleep time. We can use the night setting on our electronic devices to reduce blue light. We can avoid eating heavy meals before going to bed as this can interfere with sleep. Ensure a comfortable sleep space, both temperature-wise and the actual sleeping pillows and mattresses and so forth. Ensure a dark room. Keep animals out of the room. If you live in an environment where there's noises that interfere, consider a sound machine or a white noise maker that can help create a a kind of a sound barrier to the things that might wake you up while you're trying to sleep. Mm -hmm. Establish a routine particularly at routine get-up time, because as we anchor our get-up time, the get-up time helps establish when our body wants to go to sleep, which is typically about 16 hours later. But if you have done all these healthy, hygienic things to sleep well and you still have sleep problems, talk to your doctor. I don't recommend people take over-the-counter sleep aids uh, other than perhaps melatonin. Other than that, they should talk to their doctor before they medicate themselves. Stay socially connected, get eight hours of sleep. What's next? Regular moderate aerobic exercise. Multiple studies have shown that regular moderate to vigorous exercise of no more than 60 minutes enhances multiple immune functions. However, extreme exercise like marathon running causes immune dysfunction. So we don't want extreme exercise. We want moderate to to vigorous exercise, no more than 60 minutes. Regular moderate aerobic exercise improved the response of our white blood cells called macrophages, the production of antibodies and immunoglobulins, anti-inflammatory cytokines. So these changes improves the body's ability to surveil or watch for viral and bacterial invaders and attack them more quickly so we get a more robust response to protect ourselves from infection. So this is something, again, here's uh, several uh, actions we're telling people that they can take, that they can do at home, that will significantly improve immune function. Steps I tell people to take if they want to start an exercise program, if they haven't already been involved in one, is start by talking with your doctor and get his recommendations. Because if you have been you know, sedate for many years and you start an exercise program, there's potential for injury and or health-related problems. So I don't recommend people who haven't a history of exercise jumping in aggressively. And then when you do, you always start with low intensity and go slow and gradually increase the duration and intensity. Another important thing about exercise is choose an exercise you enjoy. Mm -hmm. Studies show that if you choose an exercise that you're slogging through and your mental attitude is, I hate this, but I have to do this, (laughs) that actually activates stress pathways that undermine immune response. So we don't want to do that. 
Examples of aerobic exercise that can be beneficial and very beneficial is walking. Mm -hmm. Just work yourself up to walking 45 minutes to an hour five times a week. But running, biking, rowing, swimming. But the easiest engaged in is is walking 30 to 60 minutes, five days a week, uh, walking with a family or friend. I think at this point in time, though, there has to be some physical distancing. Right. They don't want us out together with people right. listening to an audio book while you walk or a, uh, a podcast can help the time go by faster. All right, very good. Well, what I've noticed so far, these are things you can do right in and around your own home. You don't have to go far away to do these things. All of these you can do at home, all five. Okay. All right. And number four? Number four healthy nutrition. Mm. The goal of healthy nutrition would be to move your diet away from foods that increase inflammation and impair immune response toward foods that decrease inflammation and improve immune response. And multiple studies show, in fact, a meta-analysis of 29 studies found that a plant-based diet's decrease a whole host of inflammatory factors and decrease disease risks across the board and improve immune function. And steps to healthy nutrition would be, and I know a lot of people are not going to simply jump from a meat-eating diet to a plant-based diet, but to the degree you shift some of your diet, mm. add fruits, nuts, vegetables, the more colors, the better, um, like berries and carrots and yams and spinach. These are all highly anti-inflammatory. So adding that in and moving away from like red meats to turkey or fish, this would be much healthier for your body and help with your immune system. Also, I recommend you talk to your doctor to get your vitamin D level checked because vitamin D is essential for your immune response to actually kill invading organisms like viruses. And you don't just want to jack up on vitamin D because it's a fat-soluble vitamin and you can get toxic levels that can cause health problems. So have your doctor check your vitamin D level and if you need it, then supplement your vitamin D level. Also avoid or minimize junk foods and fast foods and sugary foods because these foods increase inflammation in the body. Well, we certainly would not want to do anything that increases inflammation and weakens our immune system, especially these days. Okay, number five. Laugh. Okay. Laughter has been shown to reduce inflammation, improve diabetes control, reduce incidence of heart attacks. Researchers found beneficial effects of laughter on blood vessels. When we laugh regularly, a body produces something called nitric oxide, which is used by the body to dilate blood vessels. So we improve vascular response, so better oxygenation, better removal of waste products, reduces mental stress. Laughter minimizes the effects of stress on our body by breaking down of various toxic chemicals. As we laugh, the nitric oxide helps the blood move it out of our systems faster. So on average, laughter increases blood flow by 22%, but, but worry and stress causing vasoconstriction decrease blood flow by 35%. Wow, wow. Yeah, so laughter in specific studies have been shown to improve immune response, and that's very important at this point in time. And specifically, it's been shown to increase the body's production of something called interferon gamma, which is an immune agent that specifically fights against viruses and cancers. And it was this particular discovery that led to the interferon treatment for treating hepatitis B and hepatitis C which are viral hepatitis, and it's treated by interferon that your body will increase in production when you laugh regularly. 
Well, I'm, I'm going to look at this text, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, kind of differently from now on. You have scientific proof that that Bible text is true. Yes, it's absolutely true, and it's very strong scientific evidence. And if people go to our website, commonreason.com, these five steps are there in a blog, as well as a whole other blog simply on the benefits of laughter that go into even more details about this. But things people do can laugh, watch non-vulgar comedy mm, yeah. programs or stand-up comics, play interactive games like Pictionary or Balderdash when we within the home with the people you're currently exposed to because we have to keep that social distancing or perhaps an online version. Tell mirthful jokes to family and friends and and uh, see the humor in life. Be willing to have an attitude looking at the glass half full and the things that are joyful and humorous in life. All right, run down those five for us one more time in review. Stay socially connected while socially distancing. Get eight hours of sleep each night, regular moderate aerobic exercise, healthy nutrition, and laugh. Make life enjoyable. All right. Very good. Dr. Tim Jennings. His website, comeandreason.com, he mentioned that there are resources there. Some of them will make you laugh. I can guarantee you there's some very humorous stuff there. And, of course, some very serious stuff that we need to know about. Uh, he has his blogs are there, his radio programs, television programs. You can see what Dr. Jennings looks like. Handsome guy. And you can also read his uh, information that he has for all of us to live healthier and happier lives because what we do well, what we do good, what what we do to our minds and bodies. Either way, it helps the other. Our mind helps our bodies. Our bodies help our mind. Am I right in saying that, Dr. Jennings? You're exactly right. Okay, very good. Comeandreason.com is that website. Dr. Jennings, you know, I'm always encouraged when I talk with you. You give us what we can do and what we need to do, and it's coming straight from your experience and also from the Bible. And from science. And from science. We always harmonize Scripture and science because rightly understood, they always agree. Absolutely. Comeandreason.com, Dr. Jennings. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yep. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings, wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. Come and reason.